0: Good morning, family and friends. God bless you today. What is today? Anyway, today is Saturday, actually. I should have known that. I, I don't know. The whole week goes by so fast, and Saturday creeps upon me before I even know it. It's like time is accelerating by us. <laughs> so today, I, I uh, wanted to thank you, for, first of all, for joining me. But today I want to talk about um, being rooted in Christ Jesus. I've been studying in Colossians myself lately. And also we're going to go into Ephesians. But being rooted in God. The most important thing that can happen in our life is. You know once we have come to the Lord. Once we have been born again. Once we are placed. Not potted. Notice, not potted, we become rooted, established, and built up in Christ. Amen. If you if you had a potted plant, it would just be a temporary situation because those roots are going to get root bound, right? So let's look at Colossians two verses six through seven. And and now, just as you accepted uh, Christ Jesus as your Lord. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. The expectation of anyone who's ever planted a garden, a tree, or uh, flowers is, is that... Once they become established to take root, we want them to take root. They will grow. They will produce the desired outcome. So it would actually be totally ludicrous to to till the soil, plant a garden, um, plant a garden full of seeds and, and little plants, and then leave the garden without any expectation of a harvest. Amen? We need to have that expectation of the harvest because that's how plants grow. Amen. They, they grow, they're watered, they're planted, they grow, they watered, they mature, and they're harvested. So Jesus has given us new life. He's given us new life through a new birth, and I, I think it would probably only be reasonable to... Suggests that he expects us to grow, he expects us to mature and multiply. It's a sad thing when, as believers, um, become or are no longer striving for a greater revelation of Jesus and his kingdom. Amen. We're pretty stuck when we come to that place, we are stuck and we need to get free of that because, in that place. You can become, oh, I want to use the word laxadaisical. You can become lazy. You can become forgetful. You can become uncaring, not caring. And you can easily be blinded by the enemy in that place. So as we live and we walk out our purpose, we quickly realize that Christian growth is a process. We are saved in an instant when we receive Christ Jesus the Lord, but it takes a lifetime to live out our faith. And our focus should it should not just be on knowing things, knowing intellectually. Our emphasis must be on growing in intimacy, growing to know him and the power of his resurrection. The Bible links information with transformation so we're to become what we've begun okay okay we are to become what we have begun so truth must be received perceived and then personalized because biblical belief always leads to action amen faith that does not have an impact on our behavior is not true faith if if you're saying you have faith, but there's no action that follows up that faith that shows you have faith. It's all just a big front. It's all a big lie. It, it's not true. It's not faith. So in Colossians 2 verse 6, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So what does that mean? What does it look like to walk in him? The... The Amplified Bible translates it like this. Let me uh, let me get there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Amplified Bible says, "As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives and conduct. Excuse me, and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to." him so whenever the Bible it it speaks and makes reference to our walk it's always related to our manner of life our conduct and our actions and the amplified says to regulate your lives and conduct in union and conformity to Jesus excuse me excuse me So if we've accepted Jesus, then we are to walk in him. Walk in, quote, in him, means we bring every part of ourselves, our thinking, and our actions. I just lost my place. Hold on. Our actions, our conduct... every part of ourselves, our thinking, our actions into conformity, a total submission to his will. The lie of the devil is to be surrendered to God, restrictive and oppressive, but paradoxical truth is nothing else can lead to such empowering freedom. So it is the reason that we have been saved and that to which we've been called. Romans 8:29 says, "For whom he foreknew, he also predestinated, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren." So when we receive and declare Jesus Christ as Lord, we have, by that declaration, we have renounced all other gods and all the kingdoms of this world. As we walk in union. And communion with him, we are being transformed and conformed to his image. So there is a kingdom principle. We become what we worship. Amen? Has anybody heard that saying? We become what we worship. What are you worshiping? Just as bad company can corrupt us. Abiding in continual worship and fellowship with Jesus, it will transform us. And that's what we're all after, right? Transformation. Unless we're just playing a game and uh, putting on masks and and not really serious. Amen? We want transformation. We want to be like Jesus. 1 John 2, 6 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk, live, conduct himself just as he, Jesus, walked. So in other words, the Bible, it repeatedly commands us to live what we are in Christ. So our emphasis is not just in on knowing or, or gathering information, but it is on growing. It's on being transformed into the image of Jesus, our Savior, right? It is, it's a change that takes place from the inside out. It is a walk out of darkness into light, a walk out of hate, anger, and prejudice into his wonderful love, forgiveness, and purity. A walk in him is a life of abiding in his presence, a life centered in Christ, clothed with Christ, and wholly surrendered to Christ. In Colossians 2, 16, verse 6 and 7 it says as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving so the NLT says in in verse 7 it says it this way let your roots grow down into him And let your lives be built on him. Amen. Then you will have faith. Or excuse me. Then your faith will be strong. In truth. In the truth actually that you were taught. So rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith. Paul gives us three characteristics. Of what the walk with Jesus will look like. Rooted appears in the perfect tense of the Greek expressing, quote, the continuing result of an action completed in the past. So a plant, it must have deep roots in good soil, be in, in order for it to grow. And what we see above the ground depends on what is happening below the ground. So when a person repents, when a person believes on Christ, he is united. He's bound to Christ. His faith is rooted in Christ. And the Greek verb, let's see, here is passive, indicating that God was the one who did the rooting. Amen? Actually, God does it all as we submit our lives to Him. And that submission goes on day, day after day after day. Our life is in Him now. We are a new creation. So anyway, as we think about this imagery imagery of the tree and the plants and potting, we can see this initial activity is concealed from the view of others. Just as the roots of a tree are hidden below the ground, so the roots of faith are hidden deep in Christ. And though the faith of every believing or every new believing person is weak and it's imperfect. What what gives us hope, nourishment, and strength is the condition of the soil in which it has been planted. When we're born again, we are rooted into Jesus himself. And in Jesus, we find the answer to every dilemma of human existence and everything. A new converted person needs to in order to grow in grace and in into the maturity and not only the maturity, but into the fruitfulness. The image in this word it recalls Jeremiah's blessing on the one who trusts in the Lord and whose confidence is in him in Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord for He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. So you know what? We're going to stay green. We're not going to walk in fear when the heat comes against us, when those fiery trials come and and will not be anxious in the year of drought. We're not going to become anxious in the year of drought nor will we cease from yielding fruit because what? We're rooted in him. So rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Paul mixes these metaphors moving moving from a plant being rooted to a building being constructed in Christ. The, the root as a plant's foundation perhaps inspired the merging of the two images. Being built up in Him implies all believers are still under construction. Let me say that again in case you didn't get it, in case you didn't hear me say it. Being, quote, built up in Him, it implies that all believers are still under construction. You're still under construction. You will always be under construction until the day that you die and leave this earth and go to be with Jesus. To be, as the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if we've accepted Christ, we are saved. We've been rooted in Christ, and yet we are not a finished product. Amen? So becoming becoming a Christian is something far greater than just making heaven your home. Right? Our God is building something. He is building is building He is building a place for him to dwell and abide forever. He is building a holy temple within us through which he he intends to shine His glory into all the world. First, First Corinthians 3 and 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers who are God's field. You are God's building. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers to, You're no longer foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. And then verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together. For a dwelling place of God in the spirit. And then the word. um, rooted, Rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith. Let's look at that word established. The word established refers to being continually strengthened. Or becoming more solidified in faith. So faith and established actually combined combine help us to understand what Paul is referring to by the faith. It can be used subjectively referring to our trust in Christ but here it is quite apparent that Paul uses it objectively referring to the body of truth which we believe. And as followers of Christ, we should be continually seeking to grow in our understanding of divine truth revealed in the word of God. Our pursuit is for the greater intimacy with our Savior, not just, not just a greater accumulation of information about Him. We don't need a, a whole household full of, tr- of knowledge. We need... We need the accumulation of information about him for the intimacy with him. John five thirty nine through 40 says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And, and these are they which testify of me. And verse 40 goes on to say, But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So if you don't come to him, you're certainly not going to have life with him, not throughout this earth nor in heaven. Being established in the faith refers refers both to an understanding of the principles, of the doctrines and the truths of God's word and a deep abiding intimacy with Jesus. So as we are as we're deeply rooted, built and established in the faith, we're growing into the likeness of Jesus at all times. That is the the purpose of the gospel. That is what true salvation means. is, is to grow into the likeness of Jesus, the image of God. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, The Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Wow. Abounding in thanksgiving. The spiritual fruit of a life that is rooted, built up, and established in Christ will be an abundant overflow of gratitude and of thanksgiving. The phrase abounding in thanksgiving or not thanksgiving thankfulness means the result of God's action in the lives of Christians being rooted, being built up and established. That should actually uh, encourage us into abundant thanksgiving. It should make us want to be so thankful. When the root system of a plant is healthy and its functioning, absorbing and dis- distributing nutrients as it should. Any of you who've had a garden know exactly what I'm talking about here. Luxurious, lux- Luxuriant green foliage leaves will be present too. So that which is inwardly healthy will also demonstrate an outward sign of health as well. So abundant thanksgiving and unceasing gratitude are the unfailing mark of a healthy spiritual life. So those who who bubble over with gratitude for what God has already done are not easy prey to anxiety and doubt. They're filled with joy. They have no need to desire to look for fulfillment elsewhere. And they can't be taken in by false um, promises, shaken by by uh, detractors or easily uprooted from the source of their life because Jesus is the source of their life, of their gratitude, of their uh, happiness, of their joy. All right? He is the source. So they're not going to be easily uprooted from Him. Being planted in the house of the Lord affords us a place to believe, belong, become, And we are rooted and built up and established in Christ. The fruit of our lives and and lips will be an overflowing gratitude and thanksgiving. That's what we're going to be like. We're going to be happy there. We do need to be planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, These days you don't know whether that is an actual church or if it's a gathering place With other Christians, uh, the whole world has been kind of topsy-turvy, right? Messed up, actually. But for God has a purpose. He has a final say-so. He's got a purpose in all this mess in the world. He will turn it around for good. So in closing, you know, I live in a house that I love. I love to go home and I love to spend time in, in my house. I live in that house and, and I li- live with people that I love to go home to and spend time with them because I love them. And, and when I say them, it's only me and my husband here at the house, but when we get to have get-togethers and we have gatherings and we have prayer meetings, I love my house. I love the people that I'm around. So our God is up to something really good in His house. And He has planted us in His house somewhere, wherever that is, wherever your family is, wherever your church family is, or tribe is, some people call it, in Christ. And we are being built together as a holy habitation for Him. So He is filling this house his house, with his life, with his spirit, so that through the windows of our lives he can manifest his love to this world.